He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. It's around 7am on a weekday morning, first light at Albert Park in Auckland CBD, and the petrol patrol is just starting to gather. So we can um, split up and uh, probably cover a lot more of Albert Park. So um, That's Ariel Heswell, the brains behind the petrol patrol, and a PhD candidate at the University of Auckland. She's studying the sensory ecology of seabirds, that is how they use their senses, like sight and smell, to interact with their environment. I absolutely adore Cook's petrols and seabirds. Ariel was inspired to start the Petrol Patrol in 2022 after her experience volunteering with her fiancé Brian at a local bird rehabilitation centre called Birdcare Aotearoa. We saw so many Cook's petrols coming in from light pollution. We had 156 last year and 150 the year before. So just seeing all these grounded Cook's was like, oh, we could really try do something about it. But before we start the seabird search this morning, what is this bird we're looking for? And why are they falling out of the sky? A Cook's petrel, or titi, is a species of seabird with grey and white colouring, about the same size as your standard chip-stealing seagull. They're very similar to a seagull, but a little bit darker and greyer in colour. And But they also have like a black bill and quite lower to the ground. So And they, they sort of waddle. They can't really walk that well. They really can climb trees, though. They'll climb trees really well. But um, in terms of walking, not, not their strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> also unlike a seagull, Cook's petrels don't hang out at the beach. They spend their time at sea and only breed here in Aotearoa. They were once found across the mainland, but are now confined to three islands. Down south, they're on Whenua Ho, or Codfish Island, off the coast of Rakiora. And up north, here in the Horaki Gulf, they're on Hoturu Otoi, Little Barrier Island, and Aotea, Great Barrier Island. It's these northern birds that have to make a treacherous nighttime commute across the Auckland Isthmus to find a feed. When they try to commute or across, um, sadly, a lot of them are distracted and disorientated by the lights, and many fall victim to the light pollution. Um, many end up colliding with buildings, end up um, grounded, sometimes right beside streetlights, on people's doorsteps, even people's backyards, potentially on city roofs as well. And sadly, this interrupts their little mini-migration route, and so they can't really take off again without getting to a high vantage point and having some wind there as well to help them take off. And so if they are stuck on the road or by someone's house, it's really hard for them to take off again and get on routes. So, yes, that is sadly a sad reality of what happens for many of these coast patrols. During spring and summer, if you live in Auckland or Northland, you might hear their call overhead at night. The adults regularly travel from the Gulf to their foraging grounds in the Tasman Sea. They prefer deep waters, snacking on squid, fish and small crustaceans from the ocean's surface, before making the long journey back to feed hungry chicks. Then in autumn, it's the fledglings' turn to make the land crossing. It's these young birds venturing out into the world for the first time ever 
that seem to fall victim to the lights more often. We are seeing a lot of cook specials come in which have the little fluffiness of their little chick feathers, downy feathers, and they're, they're really cute and adorable when you see those, but also quite sad because, you know, they've just left their burrows and this was their first fate obstacle in them on their journey and it's sad that it's something which could be easily fixed with just switching off lights and um, closing curtains as well and just removing turning off any unnecessary lighting which you don't need especially during this time of the year because these guys are going into the world for the first time and sadly this is what happens to a lot of them they end up grounded sometimes um, fatally wounded So the theory is that it's the bright city lights, the artificial light pollution, that discombobulate the cook's petrels, resulting in them crash landing on roads and in backyards, or even colliding with buildings. This idea is supported by research Ariel was involved in. When birds, uh, cooks, petrels come into bird Kaotero, um, we note down the addresses as to where they're found. And so using that data, we were able to map out where in Auckland, um, where these seabirds were actually grounding. Then in collaboration with another researcher, Ellery McNaughton, they overlaid this map with a map of light intensity. With that, we were able to find a correlation with light intensity and Cook's petrol grounding. So in the areas which were more light intense and had less amount of natural night sky, such as in the concentrated in like the CBD areas, maybe industrial areas as well, which had a greater light intensity, those were the areas which we were found having more Cook's petrols groundings. Which is why we're here in the CBD scanning footpaths, car parks and garden beds for any sign of wayward seabirds. According to the mapping, it's a Cook's petrol hotspot. All right, um, shall we go? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And this will be on the other side? Yeah, sure. The plan is to fan out, to cover more ground. We usually patrol for about a couple of hours uh-huh. until about 9, 10 o'clock. Yeah. And, then, um, uh, and then if we do find a bird, we'll take it back to bird care. And um, last, uh, so a couple of days ago, there was actually a bird found in the Sky Tower. And um, yeah, sadly it collided with the Sky Tower itself. Even if a petrel doesn't sustain an injury during its crash, it can't take off again. These birds need high vantage points and a bit of wind to take to the wing. Plus, once on the ground, they're vulnerable to cars, cats, dogs, stoats and rats. So if we do find a bird, the patrol team have come prepared. We have some bags and carriers and some pillowcases and gloves. And what we would do is that, using gloves, we would um, carefully pick the bird up and put it into one of the bags temporarily. Um, We have uh, boxes back at uni, so um, we'll transfer them into the box once we return to uni. And then that would be taken to Verke Aotearoa the same day. The route takes us down to Britomart, through Wynyard Quarter and back up to the Sky Tower. So as we're walking along, uh, can you describe, like, are you sort of scanning? Like, what are you, what are you doing to look out for them? Yeah, so usually what I do is I just um, scan along both sides of the street. So, like, I look around, maybe pop my head over, like, some bushes and things. Sometimes I look um, uh, up one street... Uh, just like to quickly glance because if there's no nooks and crannies then they're most likely not there so like yeah just do a little quick scan up there don't really see any we peer into bushes we look in car parks 
This is where there was a petrol found. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So always come back here to just double check another one isn't following in the footsteps. Yeah. We have a pit stop for a petrol inspired snack. We try to encourage our volunteers to come back by usually once a week we have um, cookies on the cookie patrol stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> Ariel affectionately refers to Cook's petrols as cookies. But by the end of the patrol, the only cookies we've encountered are the choc chip biscuit kind. Here's volunteer Lucia. We kind of want to um, find petrols. Um, at the same time, we don't want to find petrols because if we find them, um, it means our patrol is working. Um, but then if we don't find any, it means they're not being grounded, which is also which a good is thing. <laughs> yeah, which is great. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, very conflicting thoughts. <laughs> The Petrol Patrol operates over a few weeks in late March and across April, coinciding with the inexperienced young birds making their first journeys, and also coinciding with the peak in the number of groundings. After two seasons, they haven't rescued any birds yet. But Cook's Petrols are still crash-landing across the Auckland region and ending up at Birdcare Aotearoa to recuperate. You can help by switching off unnecessary lighting, especially during March to May, when the young Cook's Petrels are venturing out. Closing curtains and blinds at night, both at home and at the office, is helpful too. Once they're rehabbed, the Cook's Petrels complete their journey to the Tasman Sea. Last year we liked to hold them up a little bit, just so they do this in Hawaii and other places as well. Um, they um, try to get the bird to a bit of a height, and then eventually the Cook's Petrel finds the wind and just takes off out into the sea. It was really amazing just seeing them fly off and it's just like, you know, you've done your best to try and help these birds back on their journey. Like, they were found by wonderful members of the public and the city and then they were taken care of by the team at Bird Care and it was great to see that we helped them back on this journey. And where do they go? After finding some food in the Tasman Sea, once the breeding season is complete, the seafaring Cook's petrels take off for winter on an even more epic migration. They fly off to migrate off to the Pacific towards California, Mexico, top of South America, that part. They'll wow. be around there. That's <laughs> a pretty massive journey. Yes, now those little guys take it on. After flying thousands of kilometres across the Pacific, the Cook's petrels return home to the Horaki Gulf to raise chicks of their own. And hopefully this time, they'll steer clear of the bright city lights. Thanks to Ariel Heswell and the Petrol Patrol. Thanks also to Lynn Miller and the team at Birdcare Aotearoa. You can see photos and videos of the Cook's Petrols at Birdcare on our website rnz.co.nz slash Our Changing World, where you'll also find an extensive catalogue of more episodes about birds in nature. Ko Ellen Rikers te kaihotu o tēne hōtaka. Ellen produced this one with a little bit of help from me. Sound engineering was by William Saunders, and Tim Watkin is the executive producer of podcasts and series at RNZ. You can find Our Changing World on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And we're also now on YouTube. Plus, we're on Facebook and Twitter, or you can sign up for our monthly newsletter via the webpage. I'm Claire Kincannon. Thanks so much for listening. Kia pai tō wiki.